Hello, and welcome to the Human Entropy Podcast, a podcast where we can discuss the chaos, the adversity, and the triumph that is being human. I'm Felicia Parker. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm passionate about sharing the resilience I see in other people that inspire me to chase what makes me feel most alive. This is a place to be a friend, a place to encourage, and a place to challenge. This is Human Entropy. This is my first shot at creating a podcast, and I'm so excited. However, there are many things that haven't gone the way I'd hoped due to the state of the world at the moment, and also, I'm still learning how everything works and how I want everything to sound. So, if you could bear with me while I figure this all out as I go, I promise I will try to improve with each episode. The audio quality isn't great at the moment, but the message behind the roughness is hopefully more important than that. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. How's it going? It's good. I'm just good. drinking my wine. Good. I just had my first sip. Okay, good. We've been saying for months that we were going to have wine while we had our interview. Mm-hmm. But it's quarantine life, so we're doing it <laughs> from miles away. <laughs> what kind are you drinking? <laughs> Don't judge. Oh, oh. What? It's boxed wine. Why would I judge you for that? <laughs> I mean, it's quarantine, so this definitely seems like the time to have a box of wine at home. Uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm drinking red. I think it's cab. Black oh, box. I got Merlot. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> right, well, um, we're going to talk about love. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, but first, I'm going to tell everyone how I met you. And... Okay what I think they need to know about you. We met like three days after I moved to Nashville because I moved on a Saturday and I went to church on a Tuesday. And that's where we met. We were sitting next to each other and they did that part that most churches do where it's like shake hands or do whatever with the person next to you. And you said, hi, I'm Anna Mae. I really like your hair. And (laughs) we've been just... Uh, climbing more mountains together. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're my first friend I ever made in Nashville. That's so crazy. I love that though. Yeah. That means we've been friends six years in August. Dang, that's so crazy. We're like pros now. Yes, we are. And it's even crazier when you put it into perspective that I was 19 and you were 21. I know. Babies. Babies. We're still young, but we're a little bit more seasoned. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like, we're not that young now. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, okay, three things I think people need to know about you. Uh Um, Well, this one's important just because your speech is going to be heard throughout this podcast. You are from Minnesota, and (laughs) you say words very weird. (laughs) Only certain ones, though. It's always when it's the ah, like a bag. They say, she says bag. Which yeah, is I do say bag. In magazine. In <laughs> yes. Jagger, which is just strange. But I wouldn't want you any other way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My accent is mostly gone. I think it's just on a few little words. Yeah, it is. I mean, I only hear it on a few words. It's usually yeah. that ah sound. Another thing that people should know about you is that you are one of the most hardworking people I've ever met. 
but in a very healthy way. And you have all this great stuff to show for it, which is awesome. And you should be really proud. Thank you, Val. Yeah. Do you want to say what you do? Sure. I'm a singer and a songwriter and artist. So I write music for myself and for other people and for TV. Yeah. And you're killing it. Thank you. (laughs) The other thing I think people should know is that you have as good of insight and um, as much perspective and understanding as my therapist, which is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I'm so honored. Yeah, you're a very wise woman. (laughs) You have lived life and you have overcome everything that's been thrown at you. And now you have plenty of wisdom to offer because of it. Thank you. That's very sweet. Um, And then the other thing I want to do is ask my three funny questions. I'm nervous. No, don't be nervous. We're talking about love today. So these are kind of like sort of love related. (laughs) I think I've asked you all of these already, but if you were the opposite gender for a day, what would you do? Oh, man. Have you asked me that before? Maybe I haven't. Okay. What would I do if I were the opposite gender? That's such a hard question. Well, I could tell you what I would do. Please tell me. I would pee. (laughs) (laughs) Because what's that like to stand up peeing? That's true. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I would definitely do that out of necessity. And I guess out of curiosity also. (laughs) Or maybe just like go pee somewhere outside because it's really acceptable. I don't know. Maybe, like, walk around with my shirt off, because I could do that, like, in public. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like, go for a run with my shirt off. <laughs> I asked the last person I was on a date with that question, and he mm-hmm. said he would have sex. Because <laughs> he'd want to <laughs> know what it's like. That's fair. I mean, that is, like, a good point, because that's something you can, like, never yeah. know. Like, yeah. you can never know what the other person feels like for sure I appreciated the honesty yeah okay um, next question your go-to sad movie if you have mm, one. go-to sad movie mm-hmm. um well see I've only like watched this one a couple times but I just remember it was so sad is remember me oh. So that one, but I need to watch it again. But I remember I loved it and I was very sad. Ooh, but actually, I would say probably 500 Days of Summer and then P.S. I Love You. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. those are all good ones. Because they, like, are satisfying movies, but also they're, like, sad. Or La La Land. Sorry, I'm giving you a lot. Oh, there's so many. It's really hard to choose just one. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because La La Land actually has made me bedridden in the words of my friend (laughs) she says that about remember me because remember me is my go-to sad movie but Mm -hmm. and that one's much more sad than la la land but for some reason it doesn't make me as sad (laughs) as la la land that one i have to be careful with yeah i know that one is sad yeah it is um okay and then this one's my favorite best and worst kiss you've ever had (laughs) um okay I'll start with my worst because I like definitely know what that one is do I know Um, yeah you do I'm not gonna name any names but yeah no we're not gonna name names that's mean um 
but it was a guy that I just went on one date with and afterwards he was like dropping me off at my house (laughs) and he like went in to kiss me when we were in his car and he just like opened his mouth and just like let it sit there open and like <laughs> like didn't move his mouth at all he just like left his mouth open <laughs> wide open it was very strange I was like what what do I do with this I don't know what to do <laughs> so that's the worst <laughs> that was just a funny situation altogether um and then the best one okay so this one's the answer I'm going to give you is kind of cheesy, but I feel like I have good reason for it to be. But you were there for this kiss, actually, Felicia. But when I got married to my husband, when they say you can, like, now kiss the bride, before, so I would say that's the kiss that mm-hmm. I would say is the best one because it's, like, kind of funny and memorable. But before they said those words, it just, like, I knew that that was what was coming next. And so I guess in my head, I thought, the pastor had already said it so I like went in for the kiss and then it was like really awkward because I wasn't supposed to kiss him yet mm-hmm. so then he was like oh Anna you may now kiss your husband <laughs> and then I kissed him and it was just a good funny moment it was great wow. yeah my worst kiss you also know who it was <laughs> <laughs> it was followed with a series of unfortunate events mm-hmm afterwards that I'm not gonna say but it was the worst one because I felt like I was being mauled by an animal terrifying face you don't want that no you don't us me my type of girl I like slow and steady wins the race (laughs) that's what I prefer true like if you're jumping like from zero to five thousand it's not gonna work that's a little much yeah, you didn't give me time to find the rhythm. And so, yeah, and <laughs> best kiss doesn't matter. Anyways, <laughs> um, okay, so jumping right into it, we've said this so many times, our first experiences of love were very, very different. Mm-hmm. But who we have both become and what we've concluded and the revelation that we've had and the self-growth that we've made has looked very similar. And I think on my end of our friendship, that has been something that has made our relationship as strong as it is. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, I guess if I'm summing it up the first few years of our friendship, it was very, I mean, it, it was also, it wasn't just telling from, what your experience of love was, the way that you viewed relationships and love. It was also, I think, a combination of, well, you're a young 20-something and this is what you do when you're in your 20s and you're young. Um, And it just feels a little bit more playful than serious and like time to buckle down and Mm -hmm. be with someone for forever. All that to say, it looked a lot like that and the beginning and middle of our friendship and then lo and behold you met somebody that all of a sudden you challenged every single belief that you had about love I think if I'm yeah right yeah no I think that's definitely true yeah and I think as your friend it's been really cool to watch what that has done and how it's grown you and Mm -hmm. become and also the encouragement that you've bestowed upon yourself through all of it even when it has been really difficult so 
I guess if you don't mind Mm -hmm. just sort of sharing your headspace, I guess, that you were in or who you think you were before you met your husband, whose name is Tip Frank. (laughs) It's a great name. It's not his real name. His name is Michael Tyler Frank, but his nickname (laughs) has been Tip all his life. Yep. So it's Tip Frank. (laughs) And she, starting out, didn't even want to be with him because of his name. (laughs) So (laughs) That's true. And it wasn't because his name is Tip Frank. It was because she didn't want to be Anna Frank, like... Like Anne Frank. Like Anne Frank. Yes, wonderful woman, but... She is a wonderful woman. Not someone... (laughs) You don't want her name, though. Yeah, yes, exactly. I I get it. You want to just share who... um, I got you. What that journey has looked like, who you were before to being certain and confident and in love with the person you're married to. Yeah, Um, so... I feel like that the answer to that kind of begins with my first relationship, which I was in during most of high school. And it was, uh, I mean, again, not all first relationships are like this, for sure not. But mine was just like very naive and very toxic. And so when that relationship ended, I was so broken. And I was like, I'm never going through another breakup again. This is horrible. Why would anyone do this to themselves? And so I just was like, extremely determined. Like, I'm not like, I will go on dates with guys, but I'm not going to like get in anything serious until I know it's like, worth getting serious for because not doing breakups. And so um, that was right before I moved to Nashville. Um, Because I moved here right out of high school. And so then I feel like, I mean, the first, I don't know how many years, maybe six years or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like something like that. Um, When I was here, I was single the whole time. And um, again, I was going on dates because I was like open to that. But I was very content also being on my own. I was like, I like this. I like not having to um, worry about, worry about like fitting someone into my schedule or Mm -hmm. worry about getting my heart broken or anything like that. Um, and so some of those things would have probably been out of like an unhealthy place, but also there are a lot of healthy things I think that come with being single. And a lot of those, I mean, even a lot of those healthy reasons were ones that I was very content in that headspace and being in that, um, time of my life yeah and so um yeah I just was going on dates with different guys and not usually wouldn't be more than like a one or two date thing just because I would feel like oh I know like I know this isn't someone I'm gonna marry (laughs) and therefore the farther we get into this like it's gonna end and be painful so I'm gonna just stop it before it gets there Mm -hmm. um and yeah, that's how I spent those years. And then um, I met Tip just over three years ago now. And um, when weird. I met, that's weird. I know it is weird. Wow. I know I'm like it's been a minute now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I guess when I met him, I was like not looking for it to be like not looking for marriage, I guess, at that moment. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but he was very sweet and very persistent. And so instead of judging it right away off of, am I going to like end up with this person forever? Because at the time I would have been like, no, I definitely don't think I'm going to. He didn't put any pressure on me. He was more like, we can just take this slow and this can be whatever. Let's just be, let's just keep hanging out and getting to know each other. And so to me that like, made me not feel stressed because it made me feel like okay like this doesn't have to be a super intense thing we can just like I still like hanging out with him so I'm just gonna keep hanging out with him and vice versa Mm -hmm. um I feel like that just that kept going and kept growing and as I realized more and more like when I had something to celebrate I wanted to celebrate it with him I was realizing more like okay this person is important in my life Mm -hmm. and I mean, it's definitely a process because I was so, I was like more devoted to keeping my guard up than, than like actually letting someone in. It definitely took me a minute to like actually be open with the idea of like, okay, what if I like fully give this person my attention and affection and like think about living my whole life with this person Mm -hmm. um but he how many times did he ask you to be his girlfriend before you finally said yes I honestly don't even remember anymore do you remember it was like three or something yeah because he kept asking and I was like no if if I'm a girlfriend like we're gonna break up and then (laughs) I've gone through another breakup so as long as the title's not on it we're okay (laughs) So basically, by the time I said I'd be his girlfriend, I think I probably, I mean, I didn't know at that point, but I was like, okay, I can see us, see this maybe continuing on for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. But yeah, honestly, it just like took me time, but he is just a very loyal person. He's like, if you meet him today, you'll know what he's like in five years kind of person. (laughs) And I think his steadiness made all the difference with like, he was steady and patient when I needed that to come around to the idea mm-hmm. of like letting myself be loved and loving someone without this fear of things like constantly going wrong or them hurting me or it turning into something toxic. He definitely like held things down and was patient while, while it took me like a minute to come around to everything just because of... Um, the fear that I had had involved with relationships and um, caring that much about someone. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you kind of answered it in mm-hmm. summing that up for everybody, but what do you think you believed about love in the past versus what you believe mm-hmm. about love now? Um, That is a good question. <laughs> I think, do you mean that love as in, love and relationships as like one thing or them as two separate things I could reword it to what did having your heart broken make you believe about love and relationships um I think that in the past after being in an unhealthy relationship I was I think in that relationship while I was so young I was also so like head over heels and I was like me and this man are going to get married and I could not have been more sure of it and so then when that didn't happen and when it was a toxic relationship then I just felt like I don't know how to ever like trust myself again with this stuff I don't know how to trust 
being in love, like, what if I think I am, but, like, just because I love someone doesn't mean that it could, like, go up in flames and be horrible. Mm -hmm. And so I think that being in that relationship, I just was, like, very fearful of it altogether in the sense of, like, obviously not in, like, a family or friend kind of love way but just in a romantic relationship kind of way I just was like you can't trust it you're gonna end up getting hurt Mm. you're giving someone else the control over how you feel and if you're doing that like that's not safe and so that was definitely how I felt for a long time and I think now being in a relationship that is so so different than what I had experienced in the past. It's shown me that like, maybe more so like love is passionate. But I think that first relationship, it was like, the passion was all that was there. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't like the actual like healthy, I'm going to care for you as a person and do what is best for you because I love you because I care about you. Mm -hmm. And so I think now I've seen that I know my husband loves me and he loves me in a way where he's not just passionate about me. He cares about every part of my life. He cares about my heart. He, because he loves me, he's not going to do horrible things to hurt me. He might like accidentally do that. And we are human. And so obviously there are always things to work through, but he's not going to do you know the different horrible things that you're like no as a person you don't do that to someone else he's not gonna do that because he loves me he cares about me more than that yeah so with all of what you just said what are Mm -hmm. specific challenges I guess that you could pinpoint that feel like more stuff that you need to work on just because of the guard that you've had up or had up for so long Mm-hmm. Yeah, like things that I would still like be working through or just just I guess ones that you feel like you can pinpoint you had to go through and you have sort of overcome. Yeah. The okay. Thinking you might have had on certain subjects or whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, one of them for me was that I had felt like a lot of close relationships had short timeline on them. And like that a relationship as good as it could be is going to like explode after two or three years. Mm -hmm. And so that was definitely something that made me nervous going into things. So I was like, well, even though this feels good and it feels right, is this all going to like go bad, even though no one intends that to happen? Is that going to like just go bad and become an unhealthy thing for some reason? Mm -hmm. Um, And you weren't just thinking that out of thin air. I mean, you had friendships that also played into that. Yes, it was like, that was the timeline of my like high school relationship. And then there had been like multiple friendships since then Mm -hmm. that felt like after two or three years, things would like blow up. And um, I was just super nervous of that happening. Yeah. Before I even met Tip, I like had that thought. I was like, man, how am I going to even like know if I can marry someone? Because how am I going to be sure like that's not going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely something to work through. And honestly, even now I've been like, oh my gosh, Tip, we've known each other for three years and we're mm-hmm. better than ever. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely not, it's definitely different than I had been nervous about. Like now we've just steadily worked on 
our relationship and things have gotten better and better. Um, but I think that it part of working through that was being honest with him about that, like letting him know, Hey, this is my past. Also, these are my fears and being vulnerable with him in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also him like hearing me out and like being ready to be that person that like things were going to get better with, they weren't going to get worse after yeah. being in a relationship for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one might be a crazy question. Do you regret your first experience of love, especially because you, you've called it naive many times before. Mm-hmm. And that is what I, yeah. would, you called yourself naive. And that's, I think what I would say about myself. That's definitely. Yeah. No, I definitely wouldn't. I don't regret it and I wouldn't change it at this point just because, well, it was painful and I did walk away with it, like feeling very scarred and feeling very guarded. Um, I think that while there were some negative motives of probably like, I don't know, of like pushing people away, maybe, I think that also it did honestly save me from a lot of other like bad situations that I think I could have gotten in had that not happened. I think because I had felt so broken, I knew that I didn't want to put my heart in the hands of someone who wasn't going to take good care of it. And I do think that that is smart. I'm like, I think it's smart to like be wise about the people that you're letting, I don't know, mean a lot to you because you don't want to just like give, give yourself away, give your feelings away to anyone. Um, because that is painful for people to go through. So I think that it did shape me into a lot of who I am. And I think it protected me from a lot of like situations. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. What is something that you would tell your younger self with not regretting it being your answer? Mm -hmm. If you could tell your younger self something that maybe you needed to hear at the time, what would you have told yourself? I would say that as much as it feels like you're used to this person being around. So it feels like you need them around or cause you won't find like someone better for you. If you are not being treated well in a relationship and that's like an ongoing thing, like that's not changing. There is someone who will treat you well. There is someone who will like help you be the best person that you can be and vice versa. And you don't need to hold on to the person you're currently with. Go girl. (laughs) Okay. And my last question is Mm -hmm. what is something you can say with confidence about love now that you think everyone should know? Um, I would say that love is not something that completely like dictates your life in a bad or scary way. It is something that if it is like, I think if it's right for you, if it's healthy for you, it only adds to your life. Like it makes your life better. It makes you better. And if it's something that's hurting you endlessly, that's not like the, it's not the best love you can have. I agree. Good. <laughs> <laughs> love is great, but yeah. not when it's with bad people. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not love when it's with bad people. Yeah. 
Well, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I don't girl. feel like a love expert, but I definitely yeah. appreciate this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. that anyone would call themselves an expert because what do any of us really know? But I have just been grateful to watch what has become of your life in the last six years which is wild that it's six years Mm -hmm. but um I don't know I mean we've talked so many times about how good our conversations are I feel like a lot of people need to hear Mm -hmm. the the, um revelation that yeah I've been fortunate enough to come to because Mm -hmm. of everything we've gone through and yeah, I don't know. I think you have great insight. Thanks. Whether you're an expert. Thank or you. Girl. Yeah, girl. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Tip is really great. So it makes it puts me on the good side of all this. <laughs> he is pretty great. <laughs> he took me out to coffee when y'all were first dating. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. If it's the right one, they're gonna make your friends a priority too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that made such a huge difference to me. Because especially at that point, I'm like, obviously, my I mean, my friends still are so important. But at that point, it's like your friends are your closest people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, no other guy you had dated was doing that. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> okay, that was awesome. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Val. Yeah, girl. How's your wine? My wine's good. I had I haven't been drinking a ton because I didn't want the microphone to pick it up. <laughs> I know I had like a few sips towards the start that I was like, I don't know if they can hear this or not, but <laughs> I guess they know I'm drinking wine right now, anyways. <laughs> right. If you like what you've heard and want to support this project, if you're streaming on Spotify, it'd be amazing if you'd follow the podcast and download each episode as you stream them. If you're listening on the podcast's app, please give the show a five-star rating and it will help out immensely. Most importantly, of course, share these episodes with the people that you know. Theme song and audio production by Tip Frank. Podcast artwork by Sierra Scott, Lydia Massey, and Kinsey Maroney. I appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to this. Until next time.